to the Kingdom Builders podcast. I'm Christine. I'm Joshua. And I'm Lisa. Yes, and we also have a Kingdom Builder. What's your name? Shelly. Shelly is on with us too. So we have on our Kingdom Builder team, this is the first time Joshua is joining us from this side because he has always been on the other side. But he... I don't know if we call it upgraded or what we call it, but just a change. <laughs> he's he's changed. He's changed into being on the Kingdom Builder team and not just one of our Kingdom Border Kingdom Border Kingdom Border our Kingdom Builder <laughs> supporters. So we're all Kingdom Builders here, um, but he's going to start facilitating more things, and so that'll be fun. So. If you guys want to do, by the way, we are, we have a Patreon that is Kingdom Builders. No, it's patreon.com slash Kingdom Builders. And if you join at any tier, you get to be on this podcast. So that's why we have Shelly on tonight. And we have um, many people who are available to do that. So if you want to be on this podcast, then go there, become a Kingdom Builder but if you are at a tier three or tier four, you get to have private appointments with um, the Kingdom Builder team. And so that's how Josh is now joining as one on the team. So you can get a private appointment and it will be with Lisa or Kim or wait, it's Lisa and Kim, Lisa and Josh, Josh and Kim, something like that. Okay, I'm taking a two month sabbatical after this. And so I'm not going to be on for a couple months as available to do private appointments, but I'll still be doing podcasts and stuff. So it'll be fun. Yes. So tonight, we had a request from someone to talk about this topic. And I think it'll be great. But this the topic we're going to talk about is engaging in heaven and how to um, get your team or others you're engaging with to stay focused on hearing from the Lord and not always get off on side conversations or coming up with things from your mind. And then also how to discern whether you're getting, you're like coming up with things yourself or the Lord is giving you a download about stuff. So I think that'll be fun. Yeah, it will be. Yeah. So I want to kind of kick it off by a conversation I had today with somebody. Um, I was doing a private appointment today, and uh, there was this guy who was saying, you know, I know I've been doing this for years and years, but I think I heard from, he said, I heard from the devil, <laughs> which is funny, but he said, I think I heard from the devil and thought it was God. And I did what he wanted me to do. And we need, I would like to see if that was God or not. And so he was actually a really mature believer. So I think the important thing to know is we can all kind of <laughs> mishear sometimes or miss see, miss experience. I don't know how to say that. Sometimes it can be ourselves or sometimes it's really the enemy. Um, but it was, I feel like, really wise of him to say, hey, I want to partner with you to have help in seeing if this was from the Lord or not. And lo and behold, it actually was the enemy. And so it 
the Lord wasn't shaming him or anything like that. It was just very gently redirecting him and saying, here you go, go this way instead. And so that was kind of cool. And for him, I think this is neat because of what you do, Josh, but um, it was about trading and it was about doing crypto trading. And he was trying to make the right moves and was just really eager. And so kind of opened the door to the enemy to speak to him instead. Mm. So, yeah, I don't know. Do you have any experience in this stuff? I mean, I certainly have some experience in questioning what you hear and and the source that it comes from. One of the things when you were talking that popped into my mind was just the story of Yeshua in the Bible when he goes to the desert. I mean, there's someone who's fully man and fully God, but the devil is still able to talk to him. So I think that's a good reminder because in the engaging heaven world, you kind of get both sides of the coin. You get people who say, well, I don't know that God could talk to me. Or you get people that say, you know, they say, I don't know that God could talk to me because, you know, I only ever hear the devil tempting me. And then you get people on the other side who say, well, this, you know, I'm engaging heaven. This had to have been from God that I heard it from. Mm. Um, But, you know, I think there's, there's wisdom and counsel in, in others in you know, taking those words and testing them and asking for other people to, uh, to kind of engage over them with you, you know, there, there may be some things that you hear that are, it's maybe inconsequential, you know, what it is, but if, especially with something significant where, you know, in his example, where he's trading and putting wealth on the line, uh, you know, you want to make sure that what you're hearing, you're hearing from the correct source. Absolutely. Yeah, I think um, one of the things that is the most difficult is when you are um, engaging with a group of people uh, and you are really seeking the Lord together. And then they say something that you're like, I don't know about that. I think that's off. Right. I mean, I cannot be the only person who has thought this before. <laughs> and you can even think it about people that you really, really know and trust too. I mean, there have been many times I'm like, I don't know. I just don't, I don't see that. I don't experience that. And I think it's so beneficial to have multiple voices um, and not only voices, but ears, if you will. Um, people who are with you who can do this together. In fact, the guy I was talking to today, one of the things that the Lord told him was he needed to have two other people who are always engaging with him over that same subject so that it's not just him. Mm -hmm. And I think that we all benefit from one another because we carry different gifts. We are made uniquely. The way I hear is not the same way that you hear. The way I see is not the same way that you see, you know? And so I think it's important to have that and to be able to go, well, actually, I'm kind of seeing this and to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes I need somebody to tell me, well, Chris, did you hear that from the Lord or was that just a good idea? I mean, because 
I do do that. I mean, I do do. I just said that. <laughs> anyway, um, no, I think it's funny, but this is something we all have experienced with ourselves, I think, is we hear a piece from the Lord, and then we start to interpret it, and then we start to think about other things that pertain to it, and then all of a sudden, we're off on this worldly tangent, basically, and it's really important for us to go, uh, no, what did the Lord say only? Mm-hmm. Not just what did he say and how are we then filtering it? Right. Because we don't want to eat from the wrong tree. I'm constantly talking about this, but instead of eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, like, hey, this is good. This is what we should do. This is a great idea. We keep doing that. And even though it seems like a good choice, it's still eating from the wrong tree. And so we have to constantly say, hey, Lisa, was that just you or did the Lord show you that? Right? Mm-hmm. Lisa, how has, I know you've had experience like this guy was, the guy who asked us to talk about this today was saying, hey, I'm on a bench and I want to know how do I get our bench to just stay focused in the heavens instead of constantly coming back all the time and when we're supposed to be engaging together, they're constantly getting off on their own ideas. You know, you've experienced that with me, <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably. I can't think of a time I've experienced it with you, but I've experienced it and I've been guilty of it. Um, and the, the whole time you've been talking, um, Yahweh was reminding me about how pride is one way that that sneaks in because Pride will speak to you in a way that makes you not want to veer from whatever you're hearing that's not from Yahweh. And so if you're feeling defensive or like, you know, um, not wanting to give up your point of view, not wanting to offer it in a trade to Yeshua to say, okay, I'm going to trade this in just for clarity, then that's most likely not the thoughts that you're supposed to be holding on to. And um, that's how it manifests with me is that I, you know, I keep, if somebody doesn't have the same viewpoint as me or the same thought or think they're like, I don't know if that's the Lord, then I get defensive. And that's a red flag right there being offended or defensive about the thoughts that you're bringing into an engaging time. Um, That's when you need to really take that thought captive and hand it over to Yeshua. And so what I do in those times is that I, um, I take those thoughts and I, I just go to Yeshua in the heavens and I fit physically as much as you can spiritually. (laughs) I just see myself handing them over to him and he will either hand them back to me, those thoughts, those ideas, or he will stomp them under his feet. And so I think when you're in engaging time, I think it's okay at any point to say, especially if you feel some dissension and some division to say, everybody take their thoughts and hand them over to Yeshua. And what does he do? What do you see him doing? Does he hand them back to you or does he put them on a shelf for later? Um, You know, also putting on that lens of humility Um, At the very beginning, if you have a group that struggles with that, coming together as a group and asking for those that lens of humility, so that pride doesn't come in. Um, I those are 
things that I was thinking of and that have, when I've asked for help from Yahweh, that's the things he's, he's given me the lens of humility. He's given me that process to discern. I think you're right about the pride comment because it, it really is, you know, if you get, if I'm engaging with Christine and I get a word from her, but it's, it's maybe just a small picture or a feeling of just one thing or just, or, or a singular word, you know, I'm going to want, you know, my natural instinct is going to be to want to unpack that a little bit so that when I give it to her, there's, there's more there, but often it's, it's the little things that, you know, maybe she just needed one word, one singular word, and me trying to unpack it muddies it so much that she can't tell what part of it actually came from God and what part of it came from me. You know, we, we were recently talking about an experience where I had that happen, where somebody gave me a word and, uh, after the first sentence, I started to get lost in what they were saying because I was like, well, I don't agree with this and this isn't what I've seen. And I, like, I started to process it. And as I took it all to father and was unpacking it with him, I realized that really just the first sentence was what he had told her and the rest of it, she was using her lens and filter to unpack so that it could sound more profound to me. Ah, that is so true. And I, that is one thing the father has told me, I will get a word or an image for somebody. And I'll sit there in my mind trying to work out what it means. And it's, that's not my job. (laughs) My job is to deliver that image or that, that word. And um, you're right, it muddles things up. If you try to add it, if you try to make sense of it, when it doesn't make sense to you, it makes sense to the person that needs to hear it. Mm-hmm. So that's a really, really good point. I feel like. Mm, that's good. Shelly, what do you think about this? I'm just thinking that most of the time when I have a word for someone, I never can remember the word to really process it. It just goes out there. Um, but early on, like a year and a half ago, maybe more, God told me exaggeration was the same as lying, not to exaggerate anything I saw or heard. So he put me through a really strict, just saying, just say what I'm seeing or hearing, um, which was hard for me because I grew up with six kids and we loved to exaggerate because we wanted to have the best story (laughs) out of six kids. Um, We were very good storytellers. Um, but not when you're operating in the heavenlies. You can't do that. Um, so I do think pride comes in big time. You get prideful. Um, and God has really flipped everything that I knew before to what I am now. Um, I'm still only seeing right now. And he changed my eye color again today. <laughs> I'm not hearing anything when I say Lord I want to hear your voice he's just showing me he's making me look really look with my eyes right now um so it's kind of funny when I ask for a confirmation he shows me something with my eyes he doesn't say yeah that's right he just reaffirms it Mm -hmm. so 
I'm very similar with that. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Except for it's funny, I I do see more than I hear, but I always get some sort of um, it's like a word of knowledge about things. So I'm constantly getting the knowing about something, and I'll go, Lord. I need to hear this again because uh, like today he was showing me um, that someone needs to be a dermatologist. And I'm like, really? I don't think I saw that right, Lord. Can you just do that again or something? (laughs) And it's funny because there are some things that make zero sense to us. And he says, just ask me again, just communicate with me. And we can do that. And we can have somebody else go, okay, yes, I'm seeing that too. And it's very important. That's why we're supposed to walk together, I think. But like, okay, this person who asked us to talk about this, he was saying, you know, I have trouble when I'm with a group getting them to focus on the right things and stay focused. And I think one of the keys to doing this is just crazy grace and love. Um, I think that we have to be okay with saying, okay, so can we focus back in? Can we, can we focus again and just confirm that this is what the Lord is doing or saying, you know, and getting people to just keep focusing back in. We just have to do it with humility, with love, and not be like, come on, guys. Why is everybody, you know, because probably on the inside, that's how we feel, is this lack of peace and this, we're way off, you know, that sort of thing. And it's it's hard sometimes, but I think one of the hardest things about, about, having a bench with people is you get intimate and messy. I mean, you do, you see all the parts and you see the good and the bad. I mean, Lisa, how many times have you seen me bawling my freaking eyes out over something or getting offended or whatever, you know, having the ugly come out and I, you know, people only see, uh, what they want to see generally until you're in a group where you are having to be intimate with one another, having to trust each other's um, spiritual gifts, their words, their identity, even, you know, all of that and learning the struggles and being okay with going through the struggles. I think that's, it's hard. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it comes with maturity be- and and also from being in a place of rest. So, you know, as you were talking, I the thought came into my mind, well, you know, if you're if you're part of a group who's engaging together and and really all all you see or hear is just something small and simple, but everyone else is still moving on in the engaging time, it takes maturity and it takes humility to not want to interject and and contribute but if you're staying in a place of rest where you know your identity is not coming from how much you are contributing to the conversation you know your the quality of what you contribute if you only say what you see and hear will be far more 
And ultimately, your contribution will be worth significantly more than if you're striving to hear just as much as Christine is hearing or Lisa's hearing. Um, you know, it, it really just comes from that seat of rest and where you're getting your value from. Mm-hmm. That's good. That is good. I think that's probably the best nugget of wisdom I've heard in a while. Seriously, I think that's really important. I am a person who, in the past especially, I have hated just this silence when engaging with people. And I'm like, is nobody getting anything except for me? I would always think this, like, why am I getting all this stuff and nobody else is talking? And I would struggle with, do I say something? Do I not say something? And I think the times when I've not said anything, then people would get uncomfortable with me not talking because I would always talk so much. And they're like, Christine, I know you have something. And I'm like, "Mm, no, there's pressure and I really don't have anything, you know, (laughs) because sometimes the Lord does just say, I just want you to lay there and rest in the river of life with me. He does that to me a lot, actually. And there are times when, you know, everybody else is big time battling and I'm like, yep, I'm laying here, you know, and I have to be okay with that. Well, what that allows you to do is if he has you in that position of intimacy, that position of rest with him, while others are engaging in battle or engaging in, you know, with wisdom or something like that, it, it keeps you positioned, um, to, to be better counsel for them on their words, because you're within, you're engaging with in intimacy with father or Yeshua. And so you can tell is what they're seeing right or wrong. But if you're striving to see something else and you're not staying in that place of intimacy, you might miss it. Mm, that's good. Yes. Yep. We need to strive to enter his rest. I, we always strive to see and we strive to hear and all of these things. And then when we get one word, then we go off on these tangents and strive to figure things out. And if we would really just strive to enter his rest, so much can come out of that. Mm -hmm. In fact, I've had some of the greatest battles won by the Lord because all I'm doing is resting in him and he just goes and does everything. And I'm thinking, well, what about my part, Lord? And then he's like, don't you think this is better? (laughs) You know, Uh, the victory's ours and the battle is his. I mean, mm, what it should be. Truth. True, true. I also think that when you're engaging, that is a red flag as well. When you start feeling like, why am I here? I'm not seeing anything. I don't see it. That is a red flag to just run to the father and just climb in his lap and focus on him because that's where wisdom can meet you. (laughs) And if you're feeling like that, it's not because you are worthless and you don't have anything to see. It's because you're not where you should be, which is probably whenever 
um, many, many times the father has said, when you pour out or when you feel empty, you need to run back to my lap. And that's where you get refreshed, refilled, refocused. And so if you ever feel that way in an engaging time, that's your cue that if you don't go to the father, you're, you're going to be striving. Absolutely. You know, I think that there are so many times when I have gotten off on things because I have felt like I had to produce something and that it's up to me to produce some sort of, I don't know, interaction with the Lord or something. And the Lord always tells me, I don't have to produce anything for him. I don't have to work for him. I don't have to do anything except for just yield. Just say, I've got nothing, you know, and realize that I, I read this quote from years ago that, um, (laughs) on my time hop and I thought it was so good back then. And now I just think it's junk, but it was talking about, uh, how discipline is meant to, um, to show God how, how dedicated you are to him. And I was like, man, he doesn't need to see how dedicated we are. He knows how dedicated we are. Like there's no sort of striving and making yourself good enough that will show him how dedicated you are to him. What shows him is just being with him. When we talk about engaging, it's about actually interacting with him in the heavenly realms, engaging him, not just being with one another and hoping you're doing something right. You know, we're not here to do the right thing. It's just about being with him. And I think so many times we get off on, well, I need this person to give me a good word. And I get this a lot, a lot, because people come to me a lot for engaging heaven stuff. And I want them to come to me. I just don't want them to come to me instead of the Lord. I want them to come to me to go to the Lord with them and to hear with them, not hear for them. And this is, I think it's so important that as kingdom builders, that we focus on building his kingdom from heaven to the earth. And the only way to do that is to go to heaven together (laughs) to be able to have engaging with the Lord to then release stuff. Because if we don't get it from him and we're trying to get it from other people, it's going to be worthless. It's not going to be from heaven. It's going to be some regurgitated stuff. And we don't want any of that, you know? I've just thought about this a lot because recently, I mean, I'm just going to be a little vulnerable a little bit. Um, In the past couple months, I've been super struggling with people coming to me um, and feeling like some sort of fortune teller, you know, like people are coming to me as a psychic almost. They don't say that. They would probably never mean to do that. But that's what it feels like is, hey, I need to know uh, what's going to happen with this. 
And I'm like, why are you asking me to hear God about this for you? It's like, I'm not the one who was sent to take you to the Father. Yeshua was that guy, right? He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through him. So all of us, we should do it together to go to Yeshua, to have him bring us to the Father for whatever we need, but we shouldn't be seeking other people to do it for us. That's not building the kingdom together. You know, this podcast is about building the kingdom together, not just going to the prophet and asking him for a word. Go to the Lord and ask him for a word. If the prophet has a word for you, he'll tell you, right? I mean, because prophecy is worth something. But you didn't see everybody going to the prophets and asking them for a word all the time in the Bible. You just saw the prophets getting a word from the Lord and delivering it when they were told to. And I feel like that that's, we've gotten off in the church with going to people all the time instead of us all going together to the Lord. And so we have to be careful of that stuff too. I know it was a little off topic, but that's like a really important thing. I think that sometimes the church misses by accident is going to other people for interaction with the Lord. You know what I think happens sometimes too, because I'm guilt, I've been guilty of this is why, but I've also seen it in other people is that you go to the father and what you think you see here you feel like people thank you froze instead of patient being patient for him to reveal it because you can get a word that works out or an image that works out over many days weeks and um there's not not Lisa, you're freezing. Well, I'm not sure what she was even talking about. Lisa, you're back, I think. Am I back? I hope you're back. It seems like you're back, but you're okay. freezing this whole Darn, time. I was so passionate too. I could see it, but we, your, our listeners have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Okay, well, I'll start over because yeah. I don't know. I did see a thing that said my internet was unstable, but nobody froze, so I kept talking. So oh, sorry about that. That's okay. Um, so I was saying that I think some people, because I'm guilty, I have been guilty of this on several occasions of seeking Yahweh for something. Father, what what does this mean or what do you want to show me? And I f- he shows me something and I don't understand or I think it's invalid or I just imagined that or... I'm distracted by lunch, you know, and I don't hold on to that to wait and see what he has for me. So I go to other people. Have you ever seen this? What is this? I don't understand. I'm not hearing or seeing. That's what comes out of that. And you are hearing and seeing. You're just not letting Yahweh work in his own. He's outside of time. He doesn't have your time frame. There's no, there's no instant gratification. There's no wait and see. There's only what the father's doing. And so what he's doing may seem um, uncertain as to how it fits into your life, but you can hold on to those things and 
I don't know, instead of just dismissing them. I was really guilty of dismissing a lot of things that the father was trying to show me because I thought I was just making it up or it was probably invalid or I didn't have the instant answer that I wanted. Does that make sense? For sure. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I was thinking about even, I was teaching someone this at the refresh conference we just had and we had these healing appointments and stuff and there was someone there who was um, trying to learn more about healing and his gifts and how it fits in and stuff. And so um, one of the things that I realized that I used to do that I don't do anymore um, is that I would get a word from the Lord. He would show me something. It would make no sense to me, but I would deliver it and then it would make no sense to them. And so then I dismissed it like, oh, I must be off. This can't be God. You know, they had no idea what I was talking about. I used to do that. And then the Lord started having people come back to me saying, you said this, it made no sense to me, but then the Lord showed me this and this and this, or, and this happened or, and it would be confirmed that that was right. And the Lord started proving to me that when I'm operating in him, it will always be right. It just may not make sense (laughs) at the time. And so now I start to say, okay, this may not make any sense to you, but put it on a shelf, put it in your back pocket and just remember it. Like write it down if you have to, because this is what the Lord has done with me. There was one time when he showed me these Hebrew letters in a row and I went and looked it up and it's not a real word in Hebrew. And I was like, I must be totally off, but it was written down. And then Four years later, he told me, go look that page back up in my Evernote. So I went and looked it up, and he showed me that it was certain Hebrew living letters coming, and it meant something for what I needed that day. Mm -hmm. And that day, it was undoing these curses that had been written on this door from witchcraft people, and we were undoing them with these Hebrew letters. And it's so funny because I had dismissed it completely, and I didn't even think that that was worth anything. And then the Lord said, Hey, I did mean this, you know, this is for you. And so sometimes at the time it makes no sense. And we have to begin to trust ourselves and trust other people even sometimes, and even be discerning, but continue to keep it as, as, Hey, this is a possibility, you know? Almost everybody that I've ever had a conversation with in engaging heaven circles has at one point or another made the comment, yeah, I guess I've been doing this for a long time and I didn't even realize it. Or or they'll say something like, yeah, he showed me that years ago and I didn't know what to do with it and now it makes sense. And it, it really just goes back to the fact that he lives outside of time and our reference mm-hmm. of time is so linear that, you know, and that's that's our experience. So that's all we have to judge it by. But, you know, there's a lot of people who pray for family members to be saved or for healing, and they may pray for 20 or 30 years sometimes for some of those things because they got a word back then that this was going to happen. And in their mind, it's taken forever because they only know how to judge it on, you know, how many times we've 
revolved around the the sun. (laughs) But, you know, from the father's point of view, those things probably, you know, are immediately next to each other. And, you know, as we spend more time engaging heaven, our sense of time on earth, uh, we just, we learn to judge his timing better uh, because, you know, what we think may take forever, you know, if you, if you really truly gauge it in the, through the lens of immortality, I mean, it's, it's nothing at all. Right. It's funny because, uh, you know, people all the time ask me to help them through bloodline cleansing, which is good. There's nothing wrong with that, except for people have an expectation a lot of times of, okay, let's pray this one prayer and then it's all done. (laughs) I don't know how many people want that, that, okay, you show me how to pray this one way and then it'll be done today. And the Lord will take us back to weirdo experiences hundreds or thousands of years ago. And we are dealing with something there. And that's somehow been a seed line thing or whatever. And it's come through. And he has us deal with these situations because we are willing to open ourselves up to dealing with things outside of time. And I've learned not many people do that. They're like, oh, no, it only goes back five generations. You know, I don't know how many people have said this to me. And I'm like, well, that's not my experience. The Lord's like (laughs) taking me way the heck back. And it's funny because he really does help us to function outside of that to where we can go and help even our, our ancestors through things which makes no sense in the human, you know, logical, worldly way. But it is so cool and it's so powerful when we do that stuff. And it's amazing how much it affects us and our children and all of these things when we open ourselves up to that. So anyway, I I think it's super important that we try to be like our father and we try to say, hey, if you're outside of time and space, aren't I? Right? If we know where we're positioned. Yeah. It's important. Shelly, you've been quiet a lot. Uh, I'm just taking in. I was, I, I had things to say, but I'm just like holding it. Holding it. Oh, Are yeah. you in your seat of rest? <laughs> I, I don't know. God told me while I was getting ready for this dressing camouflage tonight. So I'm all black. Oh, nice. I'm all black. So there's a reason. (laughs) But um, I was thinking about earlier when people ask you, do you have a word? Do you see anything? I think that could be like babies um, that have a lot of their doorways blocked. And I know when I first started engaging, I didn't even know what engaging was. Um, I had a lot of things in the court of accusation that had to be repented of so I could start seeing or I could start hearing. Um, But if you have someone who's just being lazy, that's another thing. But I think we have to be very careful about babies, too, Mm -hmm. who are just learning Mm -hmm. and really do need that extra pair of eyes. 
And it's, I always think of like you're in a room and something happens and there's 10 people. We're all going to focus on one aspect of what's happening. So we see a huge picture. Everyone says, well, I'm seeing this or I'm seeing that. Right. Um, but I do know what you mean. I had friends that I thought were friends and they say, don't you have a word for me? It was like, they wanted me to be a psychic. And I'm like, no, I don't have a word for you. If you need a word, I hand them a Bible. Here's a whole bunch of words. <laughs> you know, find your own word for yourself. Um, but if you want to engage in heaven, I think that's a little bit different than someone calling up and saying, do you have a word for me today? You feel like, you know, a psychic or a horoscope or something like that. Um, but God just has me like around a lot of babies and trying to teach them. So it does, um, I think when he puts you in that position, you see clearer. And I actually hear when I'm in that position. Isn't that funny? That's what happens to me too. But when I'm just by myself, I, I could just be stuck through a portal and I'm just there. Don't see anything, but I know I'm there. So it must be the rest you're saying. Um, I find all this just fascinating um, I have a hard time staying focused because I'm always going a hundred miles an hour when I step into the heavenly realm. I'm zooming everywhere. So I'll be like, slow down. Can I see what's in this room? Lord, slow down. <laughs> I actually had an angel point at his wrist like a watch, like, come on, Shelly, speed it up. We got somewhere to be right now. Um so I find all this fascinating and I'm just like soaking it in like a sponge right now. That's cool. I feel like, um, the father wants me to, I don't know who, if it's one of you guys or somebody who will be listening to this later at the recording, but, um, he's telling me that when he gives you these words or images, or you hear something that you don't understand yet. It's like he's giving, he's honoring you because it's a treasure to hold on to mm -hmm. until you're ready to use it. And so he doesn't do that with everybody. And he doesn't do that to everybody all the time. But it's a way that he honors us because that's something, you know, I think about things my mother, when she was living, gave me. And I didn't understand what they would mean to me later but I held on to them anyway. And so I think the father's saying, those are treasures for me. So don't think um, you're lesser, you're actually being honored by him. Mm. That's so cool. That's really cool. Um, I prayed a prayer that I didn't even remember when I was nine years old. And that's why I was painfully shy. I know you can't believe that, but at one point I was. <laughs> And I was like, I read biographies all the time. And I, I was nine years old and I prayed and I said, I'd really like to write a book, but who'd want to read about my life? It's so boring. And in my fifties, he said, it's time to write the book. And he, it was the prayer when I was nine years old. Mm. So every word that we say to him, it's not important. I was a shy nine-year-old just thinking that. And in my fifties is when he said, okay, now it's time to do that. So I think it's kind of like you're saying a word or a, a want is in your heart placed there for a reason. Mm -hmm. That was a nugget that he would remember a nine-year-old prayer. That's pretty fun. That's sweet. It's like you were talking about 
um, it's, it's our privilege or it's an honor to be able to unpack those things with him over a period of time. Uh, I was recently engaging with someone who wanted to know something about their past or their lineage. And when I pressed in with them immediately, I saw that if they were just to arrive at the answer, it would take all of the meaning away Mm. from, from the answer. And so it was, it was important for them to actually go on that journey to, to learn about it because through the journey, not only would they Mm -hmm. learn, you know, their lineage, but they would, it it would have more meaning to them because they were the, they were able to unpack it with father and go on that journey and discover what does it actually mean to be part of this lineage? That's really profound. I like that. Yeah, that's cool. That's pretty. I think that's just like, Everything he does with this is about the journey. Mm-hmm. I think half the time he doesn't show us stuff just so we'll continue to take the journey with him. For real. I agree. I agree. <laughs> uh, well, I hope this was beneficial to really talk about engaging and, and how to do it with other people, how to keep ourselves focused in the right way and how to have grace when it doesn't go the way we want it to Uh for real. Maybe I need, I think God needs to put an extra measure of grace in my pocket. That needs to happen sometimes. (laughs) Oh goodness. Well, I hope everybody really keeps focused in the heavens as much as you can. And I hope we continue to grow in it to where we're just constantly focus there where we can focus there and be here at the same time and be fully functioning people. Because when that starts to happen, that's when it's going to be on, right? It's going to be so good. And so let's all just keep focusing as much as we can and encourage one another to do the same. And when we start to have those doubts or, you know, the enemy starts speaking to us in some way, just know that we can take the the arm of somebody next to us and be able to do it together. And, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, but I don't have anyone who's like this around me, know that we're here too. You know, we're here. You can always contact us. You know, um, you can email us at kingdombuilders at gmail.com. You can do that. You can go to patreon.com slash kingdom builders. We have, oh, we never did the shout outs, you guys. Hello. Uh, and you, you work so hard at them. Why? We can do them now. So you're going to give the, the fun shout out. Yes. <laughs> we have a shout out to some new kingdom builders. We have, our see Shelly's on right now and she is one of our renewed kingdom builders so shout out to you Shelly for and thanks for joining us tonight we also have a shout out to Wayne for joining us as a kingdom builder as well so yay if you guys want to join you can we even have one person who's on patreon as a patron for five bucks a month which does not take very much. It's like buying a latte or cheaper. And (laughs) 
you know, if you want to do that, you can, you don't have to do the certain tiers, but you're always welcome to do that. And you can contact us anytime, message us on there, and we'll be happy to walk with you. That's part of what this is, is that we're just doing it together. We're just all going to do it together. And we want to walk this road with you. And so if you feel alone, you're not alone. You're just not. So come join us. Even, you know, it's not a big club, whatever. We're all just doing this because the Lord has said, hey, I want you to build my kingdom. I don't want you to build your own. And so we're doing it together to build his kingdom together and just see the kingdom come. Amen. Yes. Yeah. That's right. All right. Love you guys. Have an awesome week and we'll see you next time.